We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the latest Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with us shortly. Uh, Today we have our National Signing Day review, some Indiana football news to update you on, and some Big Ten East news as well as we watch the Michigan State situation uh, closely, and it looks like it has come to an end. Uh, So we, we will talk all about that, get you ready for spring practice as well as Indiana has announced their dates for the start of spring practice, which will be March 7th, and the annual Cream and Crimson game, uh, which will be April 17th, uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock at Memorial Stadium. But first, a word from our partners over at MyBookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, MyBookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, uh, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, and we're moving on. Um, TJ, welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we've been on talking football. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Hopefully everybody's staying safe. Uh, getting getting pretty icy here in Indianapolis, so uh, stay safe if you're listening to this live. And um, definitely not football weather anymore uh we're in the kind of the early part of the off season if you will but still lots to discuss yeah you know green bay, green bay uh begs to differ about football weather tj that's true uh, but yeah that's a lot true. of stuff to talk talk about it's uh <laughs> you know, we'll call it the hot stove season of, of uh college football kind of like baseball since baseball is right around the corner uh but let's let's look at this indiana's uh final recruit uh 2020 recruiting class. Uh, they they mm-hmm. added two uh, two prospects in Khalil Khalil Benson, and um, he was a big get. Uh, uh, Benson was out of Mississippi. It came 
really down to the last, the final hour with Mississippi State. Uh, so it, it's uh, it, he's an offensive tackle. They needed that position, uh, especially with Coy Cronk uh, go, hitting the transfer portal and going to Iowa as well. And it, it's um, it, it's just a, a big get. Uh, what do you think about uh, Khalil Benson? You're right. I mean, it was a, certainly a good addition. IU was really searching uh, for quite a few months for another talented offensive lineman uh, with one important ability, and that's the ability to play tackle. Uh, they really wanted another guy that uh, that could develop into a starting tackle for them, uh, and they, they feel like they found it with Benson. He had really good offers, um, and it you know from SEC schools uh, and a few other power power programs as well um to get him from the memphis area he's uh right there on the the border um could apparently walk to to memphis from his home so uh to get him from that area is a a big addition um he has to frame that you certainly like the uh, while we don't know how he's going to develop at this time we do know he's got the frame that you want to start with Uh, He looks like he'd be ready to contribute uh, early on. The plan certainly will be for him to uh, come in and redshirt, perhaps get four games, maybe, um, if that. But I think the plan is to to come in, have him redshirt, um, you know, sit behind and learn from Matthew Bedford, who was his his host during the visit uh, that he had, and uh, Caleb Jones, and then kind of develop him and maybe in uh, a year or two, he ends up uh, starting along that line with the ability to slide out the tackle uh, during his career. So it was a big get. He's a uh, really big boy. If you've seen his highlight tapes, he, I mean, as much as I know about offensive linemen, which is not a ton as far as how they translate, uh, he looks the part. So that was a good get for Indiana and hopefully, um, Benson will come in and live up to the promise that he shows right now. Uh, I think it was, if I'm ranking him among the offensive line prospects that IU brought in, uh, I'd put him right at the top of the list. Yeah, and 247 Sports is right there with you. As, as Benson, you know, a high high to mid three-star is a top 800 national player as well. And then the other prospect Indiana signed um, last week is Jalen Malaya. He's a defensive end from Georgia. He's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. He has the frame, and TJ, you mentioned this with with Benson. He has the frame that Indiana is looking for uh, for these defensive linemen. Who every time you see somebody who's really good on the pass rush, there are these six six guys, with really long arms who are hard to block. Uh, and and can either knock down passes or get to the quarterback. And Malaya has that um, that kind of ability. He will need to bulk up. He can't play in the Big Ten, the defensive line at 230. But it looks like he has the frame. Uh, he's kind of the guy you, you really wish is coming in mid-year and could get into the weight program uh, early. And he could have been a guy that maybe if he was an early enrollee, would definitely see uh, the four the four games uh, before redshirting, 
or even become a, a depth of role player uh, along that defensive line, which really desperately needs a, a pass rush to help that out. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, more in our spring ball previews uh, when we get to that. But Jalen Malaya is from Georgia. IU, while they didn't get a, a, a signee out of Florida, they recruited the South still pretty uh, pretty well. Got a couple guys from Mississippi, a couple guys from Georgia. Uh, Texas, you got Bryson Bond. So this class, and the class CJ finishes at 58th nationally, 12th in the Big Ten. It was a small class, 19, um, 19 freshmen. But if you want to look at it compared to last year's class that ranked 39th nationally, uh, the average star, uh, the average ranking per prospect this year was 85, and, and 247 Sports does his point eight five zero zero. Uh, we always multiply it by 100 uh, and make mm-hmm. it 85 point something. Uh, so last year's was 85.77. Uh, this year's was 85.00. So they're very similar. They plugged a lot of holes. I think it's a mission accomplished uh, in in this class. And maybe next, next year you'll see uh, some of that bowl. It's going to be another small class uh, unless a whole bunch of people leave. Uh, but, yeah. You know, you'll start seeing the payoff of of, uh, of going to the bowl game, of winning eight games, uh, and hopefully Indiana can continue to win and build off of that momentum. So uh, any final thoughts on, on this recruiting class? I thought it was very similar to last year in terms of talent. They plugged a lot of the holes that they needed, uh, and, and uh, we'll, we'll see where they go from here. And they have nine early in enrollees, so about half, just under half of their class is coming in uh, early for spring. Well, one thing that I do want to point out is the number of offensive linemen that they brought in. Uh, the offensive linemen, one, that's one of the hardest positions to kind of project how that's going to translate. Uh, and from the you know high school level to the college level. Uh, and then two, uh, it, those guys tend to be ranked a little bit lower than your flashy skill position guys just as a rule. So with Indiana bringing in a lot of offensive linemen, uh, that might push down the overall ranking just a tiny bit. Uh, just something to keep in mind um, when considering the overall ranking of the class. But I agree with you. I think overall it's something you're a class you're going to be happy about. Uh, plugged a lot of holes. So uh, that's really what you're looking for is best player and position of need. I think Indiana did that. Uh, now it's just time to get those guys in the program and um, coach them up, as they say. Yep, and with uh, with additions comes some subtractions. Uh, there were uh, a few subtractions from the Indiana program this week. Ronnie Walker, uh, running yep. back, who's a former four-star recruit out of, um, out of Virginia, played two years at IU, really didn't get the amount of play that he probably thought he deserved and that maybe some people outside of the uh, were projecting. He was passed by Samson James and Stevie Scott. Uh, He has entered the transfer portal. And then you have Mark Hagan, who is Indiana's defensive line coach, uh, is now going to be the defensive line coach at Texas. His family is still down in Texas in College Station uh, where when he was – from when he was the – defensive line coach for Texas A&M, 
it's a move that you, you hate to see Coach Hagan go. He's a great coach, good recruiter in the state of Indiana and, and down down in the south as well. Uh, just boy, a good all-around football coach, and, and you hate to lose that. So we'll see where Indiana goes from there. But what, what are your thoughts on Ronnie Walker uh, entering the transfer portal? Well, it was not particularly surprising. Um, you know, I think that uh, if you pay attention to the depth chart, he had certainly slipped below uh, the two that you mentioned. And, uh, you know, it was fair to wonder uh, how much he was going to get, how much run he was going to get this coming season. Uh, for him, you know, we'll see where where he ends up going. But I, I don't think it's a particularly important loss for Indiana, really. Which sounds harsh, but... Um, you know, I'm just not real worried about uh, what they do with a third running back position. I think there's plenty of capable bodies uh, that, that, you know, could provide more of an impact with the opportunity than Walker was able to. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's he, – he definitely wants to play and yeah. things like that. And if you were at the signing day preview event or watched it on Facebook, uh, Mike Hart kind of – took a jab at them when introducing Tim Baldwin. He says he's a guy who wants to compete for playing time, is not scared to compete. And Indiana's had, this is their third running back in in the last, you know, five or six months to enter the portal with, uh, along with Ivory Winters, who left before last season, and Cole Guest, who uh, left the team midseason. And Cole Guest, um, I don't blame him for leaving. He had fallen behind no. a lot of guys, and it wasn't because he wasn't a tough dude or didn't want to compete. He got banged up a lot, and he needs he uh, was looking for opportunities elsewhere. Uh, and all these guys who enter the transfer portal, they do it for a reason. It's their right to go to the transfer portal. Um, they have mm-hmm. the right to do what's best for them, and they should do what's best for them as long as it's in the, the realm of, you know, legality. But – uh, you know, Coach Hart is going to bring in guys that he wants and who wants to be there. And if if uh, you don't want to compete for the job or want to um, have things handed to you, he probably doesn't want you in that running back room anymore. And that's what it sounded like uh, from there. It, it's it's a significant loss in terms of depth. Indiana's probably set at running back. Uh, with Stevie Scott and Samson James, but it it really hits you in the depth part where, you know, these guys get banged up. We saw both Scott and Samson James get hurt during the season, and, and you're now going to go – you have Tim Baldwin coming in as a true freshman. You don't know what you're going to get from him. You hope you get something. But then after that, you have Arod Lloyd, maybe David – David Ellis plays a little bit more running back as well. So yep. it, it hurts depth wise. It doesn't really hurt the, the star power at the top. Uh, so we'll see. And it opens up a, a scholarship spot for next year's class. And then in, uh, we'll talk about the D-line uh, coach spot, TJ, when, when more becomes available uh, and stuff like that. But there is some moving and shaking yeah. going on uh, in the, yeah, the Big I, Ten East. Uh yeah, I did want to point out real quick, David Ellis, I, I do think that is going to be something we see is 
more David Ellis at running back, which I'm excited about. Uh, I think getting the ball in his hands is a good idea <laughs> for for Nick Sheridan um, in his first year at offensive coordinator. Um, you know, he looks like a, a guy that's very capable with the ball uh, in the little that we saw of him at running back. So I'm excited about that. Uh, and then I am higher than any rational person has the right to be on Charlie Spiegel uh, and the impact that he could have um, at Indiana. So uh, I, I think that I was going to find answers for that, uh, for, for Ronnie Walker's carries. I wish him, you know, the best wherever he ends up going, uh, but I think IU will find uh, plenty of options that are going to be adequate uh, for that third spot. But yeah, definitely changes coming in the Big Ten East as uh, Michigan State, Mark D'Antonio resigning. Uh, It's not entirely surprising given uh, the the trouble uh, that the Michigan State's currently experiencing right now. Um, they make the move after reportedly whiffing on Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell. Uh, they make the move to Mel Tucker uh, from Colorado. After they struck out with Mel Tucker the first time. Um, it, right. This is something that came out late last night or early this morning at like 1, I don't know, I was getting texts at like one thirty in the morning uh, from people. And it was right after – uh, the Ohio State news came out where two of their players got arrested or are charged with uh, rape and kidnapping and warrants are issued uh-huh. for their arrest. So we'll see what goes on there. But as far as Michigan State goes, this was – and we held off on, on judging it because we really wanted to see where, where it was going. And there was some great social media content out there um, it, 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 with some spoofs of Star Wars and things like that. If you if – want to go and you can see there there's whatever is brewing in Michigan state is, is, is not great. Um, it was a little shocking that Mark Santonio left when he did, but when you look at it, it was less than 24 hours after recruiting allegations came out against him from, uh, uh, from the former coach Blackwell. And it was just, you know, it's the timing was just about um, the timing was just about right there to say, hey, something's up. And then, you know, you don't know if the NCAA is going to come down on them with something, and who knows when they're going to do stuff. It could be next year, it could be ten years from now, it could be five years from now, it could be in the middle of the season, uh, or anything like that. So it's not a surprise that he left because it was turning Michigan state has been turning into a toxic wasteland for a while. Uh, but this whole stuff is uh, it's getting, we'll see where they go with Mel Tucker. He went five and seven at Colorado last year. There's a lot of backlash from him taking this job. He tweeted out that he wasn't leaving and that he's loyal to Colorado. He was at donors. Uh, meetings, you know, the day before, it, it's and to to have the report drop at, at 1 a.m. in the morning is kind of, eh. Um, so we'll see what they do. Mel Tucker is a fine coach, uh, but he did go five and seven. 
Uh, he's looking to hire a good staff. I think they're they're looking at like six, five or six million dollars for assistance. So we'll see where Michigan State goes. And it's a big deal for Indiana. Indiana finished above Michigan State in the standings this year. It's kind of you're, you're starting to chip away at that top four in, in the Big Ten East. What are your takeaways uh, besides that Michigan State is 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 a mess um, from this coaching hire, TJ? Well. The, the NCAA stuff is going to play a big part uh, in this. I mean, Indiana is so close to Michigan State uh, in terms of, you know, the quality of players that are being brought in, the, the quality of the product on the field that's being put out. Uh, I use very close to Michigan State, very close to catching them. Uh, we don't need a major drop-off for Indiana to, to catch Michigan State. Uh, you know, the Spartans just have to stumble a little bit for IU to, to kind of surpass them uh, to, to get the fourth in the East. Now, if, if you have, let's say, I don't know, uh, scholarship reductions like maybe five or six per year for a few years, that could tilt the scales. So we'll see what ends up playing out with that. Uh, it'll probably take a while for anything to happen. However, it was a big concern, apparently, according to the Detroit Free Press, it was a big concern for Luke Fickle. Uh, it's yep. reportedly the main reason he turned that job down. So, you know, that plays into it. As far as Mel Tucker goes, uh, I don't know what to think. I mean, um, he, I've watched some Colorado games this season. Um were fine. I don't think they stood out in any way, uh, but it was his first year, so it's hard to hold him accountable for anything there. Um, it, it strikes me as a lot of money to pay a incredibly unproven guy, um, but it's not my money, so and they apparently have it, so I mean, it's you know, up to them, so I think the offensive hires he makes is going to be very important. Um, it can yeah. help Indiana quite a bit if Michigan State continues to struggle on that side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. The, his offensive coordinator hire is going to be a really big deal. You know, D'Antonio yep. was a, a really, really good coach. His defenses were – at least at the beginning of the season, they were playing at an elite level, and the offense yeah. held that program back. And now, who knows that if the effort level or some injuries uh, bogged that defense down? Because you kind of know that, hey, if we're if the defense is carrying the load, you kind of get sick of carrying the load all the time. And uh, he it didn't seem like he was going to make any changes, and it was just you know it kind of became stale. And now, you know, if you could kind of inject life into that offense, it's kind of like the offense from uh, Indiana with, with uh, Mike DeBoer and, and Kalen DeBoer. If you inject some life into it, it it's going to do so. You're going to be that much better. You're going to become a little bit more popular of a program. And you could really get stuff going. And we've seen Michigan State win the Big Ten before. We've seen them go to the college football playoff although they didn't didn't score against Alabama. 
but we, we've seen what the ceiling at Michigan State is, and it is pretty high. But we've also seen the floor when they couldn't make a, um, you know, a good hire. They've lived through the John L. Smith era, and it's kind of you kind of see the same things on the fan base that you've seen with Indiana basketball, where where they're frustrated and um, you know they're not happy with things and, and kind of divided and they're stopping going to games and things like that. So it'll be very interesting to see who he hires. It'll be very interesting uh, to see, uh, you know, how they start next year. I think their, their schedule is pretty, pretty tough. Um, They have to go to BYU. They have, I believe uh, Toledo and, They, I think they have Toledo. They have another tough home game, um, and Toledo. I mean, they're a Mac. They're a Mac team, but it's they're they're a pretty darn good Mac team. And then they they have uh, oh Miami's coming in, so it's gonna they gotta win games, and it, it might be tough going on. And if it's just like how you hired Tom Allen, you're gonna have uh, your detractors who at the first sign of trouble are going to light up the internet with, well, they hired a high school. Well, you hired a five and seven coach. You're giving this guy a gazillion dollars to come from Colorado where he, you know, didn't, he won five games. So yeah, uh, morale is going to be a, a big deal to me. I think it, it's just really hard for me to understand the, the current economics of, of the big 10 that, you know that's what 5.3 million dollars gets you. I, I man, uh, boy. I mean, good for good for the coaches, but uh, that's that's a really steep price to pay for. You know, if you tell me, hey, Michigan State just, you know, they post a, a Power Five coach for they're paying him 5.3 million a season. I I would not have guessed that it was Mel Tucker that they hired. Um, yeah, you know, so I would, in their, their schedule, their schedule before they play IU, they open up with Northwestern. They go to BYU, which is never easy in Provo. You get Toledo at home, Miami at home, at Iowa, Michigan, and Ohio State. So I'm not prognosticating anything right now, but those are that's a tough seven-game schedule before they had the Bloomington mm-hmm. on October 24th. And if they're sitting at two or three wins, uh, people are going to be uh, people are going to be frustrated and asking, why are we paying this guy $5.3 million plus whatever you're paying assistance plus the $4.3 million they paid D'Antonio before he upped and left. Uh, so it, it, it could get it might get worse before it gets better, but your window of opportunity for Indiana here is at some point they're going to get Michigan state's going to get it right. And this is the year you gotta, you gotta beat them at home. And and they're coming yeah. off of, yeah. uh, they're coming off of four really tough power five games. Um, and they play six power five teams in the first seven games. This is the year you gotta beat them. Um, yep. So we'll we'll see. I mean, we're going to see over the next few weeks here. 
additions and and subtractions to that roster, I imagine. You know, you always see guys when there's basically an entirely new coaching staff, I would imagine, uh, comes in. Maybe it's not entirely new because of the timing of this, but probably some, you know, defections and uh, additions to the coaching staff as Mel Tucker brings in his guys. Uh, you're you're going to see some transfers out, and you're going to see some transfers in. So a lot to be determined as far as what that roster looks like. Uh, but just on its face, you've got a first-year head coach uh, at, at Michigan State, second year overall as a head coach, um, and you're hosting that team in the middle of a really tough stretch for them. Uh, you know, on its face, that definitely swings – uh, kind of looms as a, a pivotal game to I use uh, 2020 season for sure. Yeah, it's definitely it's a trophy game. It's one of the games that you know your your fans are going to be fired up about, and it, it could start to swing a little momentum uh, in your favor. Uh, so TJ, let's I, move I on say, to I use. I, Go ahead. I will say real quick, like his. Uh, I mean that that position that he is leaving uh, you just look at the stars that he had on his Colorado team and Steven Montez and LaVisca Chenault uh, he's not going to find anybody like that in East Lansing when he gets there uh, There, there's nobody on those roster on that roster that uh, plays Steven Montez or LaVisca Chenault the, the defensive personnel is probably quite a bit better which I'm sure is, is to his liking uh, but just in terms of star power on the skill positions, um, he's not going to find anything like what he had the luxury of having in Boulder. Uh, so, again, that offensive coordinator hire, to me, uh, is going to be probably the most uh, important hire uh, that Michigan State's going to make here over the next uh, next 12 months as they try to uh, continue the success that Antonio had uh, and avoid the fall-off you so often see when a school has to replace, you know, quote, the guy. Uh, I don't know if you've qualified Antonio as a legend, but he has been the most successful football coach at Michigan State uh, in that school's history. So um, certainly a lot to live up to, and it's very difficult to replace somebody like that and not have some drop-off. Yeah, definitely. And we've seen it before where, uh, you know, guys get replaced, and you, you don't really get back up to that that level. Uh, so let's move on to Indiana spring practice. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Indiana is going to open spring practice on March 7th. It's a Saturday. Uh, they'll finish with their spring game on April 17th, which is a Friday at 7 p.m. at Memorial Stadium. There's nine early enrollees, including Dylan Powell, uh, coming in from as a Stanford grad transfer, you have eight freshmen in. It's a, a program record on the amount of that. Uh, but IU's also dealing with uh, some injuries. Peyton Hendershot, he got banged up in the in the bowl game. He's going to be out for spring. Thomas Allen is recovering from sol- shoulder surgery. C.J. Person is um, going to be limited. Uh, Jeremy Passmore is going to be present, but he's recovering from an injury as well. And then Josh Sanguinetti is limited in spring ball too. So there's a lot of opportunity for these young guys to come in, get reps, and and grow as a team. And for me, 
uh, TJ, let's go through two keys each for Indiana spring practice. For me, key number one is going to be, can you get Michael Penix and Jack Tuttle a full spring practice, uh, a full go spring practice? Allen said that Penix is full bore, ready to go. He's put on about 15 pounds uh, in the weight room, which should help his durability and things like that. He was not full go last spring. And then Jack Tuttle, he needs rest as well. He missed the latter half of spring practice last year uh, battling a mono and just getting both of them through spring practice healthy will calm a lot of people's nerves and it'll get them the reps they need to improve. Uh, key number two for me is going to be figuring out the offensive line. Uh, it's not a total rebuild, uh, but it's kind of a reshuffling. You do have to replace Koi Kronk, Simon Stepanak, and uh, Hunter Littlejohn, but you do bring in Dylan Powell, who could uh, who could play an interior position, uh, any of the interior positions. You have Harry Kreider back. Uh, you can see Michael Kadick, uh in there as well. It's you know a lot of mix and matching and things like that. And then you could get some of uh, you know your your depth linemen uh, some some reps as well and start to build depth on the offensive line, which they need. Uh, what are your two keys, uh, quick early keys for spring practice? Right, yeah, two definite solid points. Uh, I, I don't think you could argue with them. Um, quarterback, I'm going to repeat that one as well. It, it's just such an important position. That's stating the obvious. Um, Indiana needs, you know, the security blanket's gone. Uh, Ramsey's gone. And they, they need a full season of health from Michael Penix. When he's been in there, he's shown, uh, you know, very exciting, good effectiveness, and lots of potential. Uh, we need to see a season of Michael Penix, and that starts uh, with putting on that extra bulk. That should be a, a big importance to him. And then, you know, getting the, the spring reps, that's really important with a kind of a you know, retooled receiving core. I uh, really like the pieces of that group, but it's important to get that timing, get those reps in. And then Jack Tuttle, obviously, same thing. Uh, we need to have reps for him with the receiving core as well. Um, and then the second point for me, uh, I, I do want to, you know, since Peyton Hendershot's out, I really do think it's important for the Hoosiers to develop uh, more playmaking from that tight end position outside of Hendershot He's a, a great one to have, but I, I really do think that that's a position group that IU can use as a, a real strength because I look at the personnel of it, uh, Gary Cooper, C.J. Ivey, Matt Bjorson. I mean, that, that's uh, three guys that with Hendershot not playing, they're going to get a ton of work, and I, I think that one or two of those guys can really step up and be a huge part of the offense that if I'm Nick Hendershot, I look at that position group as, a, as an advantage that I have almost every week over my opposition uh, because of the skill sets that those guys bring. So I think the spring's an important time for that, for that group to uh, develop the, the depth there that we're going to need outside of just Hendershot because, you know, he's, he's great, uh, but I'd love to see more from the – uh, second and third tier tight ends that the Hoosiers have because I think they've got a lot to offer. Yeah, that, that's an, another position group that 
you're correct, TJ, there about, you know, they really had Peyton Hendershot going last year, and you have some talented guys behind him. So that's right there. There's some other – you have a new special teams coordinator. You want to see how they do that. Can they, you know, fix the pass defense? Can they get a pass rush, which spring ball isn't really the best the no. best time to judge whether or not you're going to have a pass rush. But it, it's a good time to work on some technical skills and yeah. things like that. You better it's not coming up right around the corner. Oh, no. People, oh, no, don't no. get within five feet of the quarterback. Um, no. But it, it's a time, you know, people to take a step back, look at what you got, look at some of these guys who haven't seen the field in a season or two and, and things like that. So that's why spring ball is fun to me is you get to see some players, you know, the the, the seniors have left. Half of the freshmen aren't here yet, so you're getting to see what the true depth of Indiana football is, and hopefully uh, they could get through spring ball healthy enough to have an actual spring game this year uh, instead of yeah. having a all-time quarterback and things like that. Because it would be really fun to see uh, Penix against Tuttle in the spring game. Uh, I think that would add a lot of offense as well. So, TJ, that does it for today's podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks to start our actually we'll be back next week to start our um our spring preview series we'll preview the offense the defense and the special teams and go in depth on on all of those positions so uh come back early and often uh spring ball's here football season is uh, basically done but warm weather is slowly following uh, behind spring football. So thanks, TJ, for joining us. Absolutely. Hope everybody has a good week. We'll talk soon. All right. That does it for this evening's podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. That was TJ Inman. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. You can visit our website, HoosierHuddle.com, uh, for all the latest Indiana football news as well. Uh, we put out daily links. Uh, to all the news in the Big Ten, in Indiana football, the Big Ten football, and nationally, uh, things like that. So, thank you for joining us. Stay warm, stay safe on this uh, Wednesday evening, snowy Wednesday evening here in um, Indianapolis. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. 
The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.